Hey besties, and welcome back to the Sad to Savage podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Sacco, and in today's episode, we are doing a part two of our Q&A. My sister Sophia is here with me, my cute little assistant and sister. And hey. She- <laughs> hey. And she is going to be asking me the questions. First question, how long did it take you to feel like you were succeeding in changing your habits? This question kind of varies. So right away, the first habits that I chose to start were waking up a little bit earlier and working out. And, and by working out, I mean doing something for my body, which I started by just going on walks Monday through Friday before work. Right away, I felt like those habits I was in, I was creating for my life. Now, every habit is going to be different for every single person. For example, my workout habit, creating that consistent habit of walking every single day was really, really simple for me because I came from a background of doing sports where that kind of that commitment or that routine kind of made sense in my brain. Like I've, I'd had the patterns from other places. So those right away, I felt like were working. They were helping me feel better mentally and physically. Um, and really giving me an answer to a lot of kind of being the solution to some of the problems that I had in terms of negative thinking and negative thoughts. I felt like I was wasting my life. I wasn't doing anything for me by waking up a little bit earlier and creating that time. I felt those, the results of that, the, the benefit of it kind of right away. Whereas other habits, for example, my walking habit was at the time I created it because I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to fit in my clothes again. I wanted to be able to go to social events. I was really insecure. I was really negative about my body. I didn't actually start losing weight. And I started this in July. I didn't actually start losing weight until I think like December, January. And and between January and February is where I lost basically all the 25 pounds. And so I, I like sharing that because sometimes we're doing something and, and we feel benefits, but we might not be actively seeing the results. But sometimes it just takes a second for us to align in other areas. So while I was walking and working out during that entire time frame, but not losing weight, there were other things that I was slowly working on and getting under control to to make changes that would be sustainable for my future. Like I was learning about self-love. I was learning about eating habits. I was learning about sleep, all these things. So I feel like habits and routines not only taught me that I could commit to myself, but they gave me so many benefits. But so many of them were things that came down the road with the continuation of things that I could make sustainable. Next question. In your journey, have you felt yourself outgrow any long-term friendships and what did you do? <sighs> yes. And I'm not saying yes, like I, I'm i better than my friends or I've outgrown these things. But a lot of my friendships from the past were built on who we were or who I was. So for example, there are friends that I don't get to spend much time with now because we're in different phases of life. Whereas I am really, really focused on this this business girly era of myself or where I don't really drink too much. It doesn't necessarily align with people who are maybe single, living in a city, like working and like really like that that phase of life, which I think is also great. I don't think there's anything wrong. No phase is better than the other and everyone's on different paths. Um, but I think in some worlds I have outgrown certain friendships or at least who I was in certain friendships. Now, with that being said, I I did, I was thinking about this the other night. I was like looking in the mirror, talking to myself and throughout and, oh, it was because so many people, it was before Thanksgiving and how like Thanksgiving, or excuse me, the day before Thanksgiving is like the biggest bar night of the year and how um, it's like everyone from high school. For me, I went to Michigan State and so many people, everyone goes to Michigan State. And so going to the bars, I made the choice not to go just because, I mean, I don't really drink too much anyway, but I didn't... I was thinking like, I don't really have a group of like really close high school friends 
or like ne- even necessarily like really, really close college friends that I would go out with. And I was thinking like, why do I struggle sometimes in friendships, which might sound crazy, but I'm really close to my siblings and the relationship that I have with them. This is, this is what I, the con- conclusion I drew. I'm really, really close to my siblings and I have that kind of love that is respectful, honest, like trustworthy. I would do anything for them. I would never ever do something that would hurt them. And so I think even in high school and college, I struggled with friendships because I came in with that kind of perspective. Like that's how you treat the people that you love. And I I took this into romantic relationships too, which I think ultimately was negative because I would love people like they were like my ride or die when really it was like a random guy that I was dating in college who wasn't an asshole. Um, but when it comes to things like that, what I realize is that I, I love the qualities that I have when it comes to friendships. And if people don't have those qualities or don't align with them, those aren't people that are, are going to benefit your life. And with that being said, not every friendship has to be a transaction. Like, oh, if it's not beneficial, I'm not doing it. It's more after I realized the people you surround yourself are the people you become. Like there's a study. I can't remember what the, the name of the study is, but it, it did something like it said like, your circle around you. Oh, it talks about it in the book, The Power of One More by Ed Milet. But I don't know who did the study. I think he just references it as well. It talks about like how the people that you're surrounded by, the five closest people to you impact who you are, your income, like your life. You you like all align with each other. So when it comes to friendships, I kind of look at it like that too. The people that I have constantly surrounding me, I want them to be interested in things that I'm interested in. And that's how a lot of my new friendships in this phase of life have gone. Um, which I found is kind of crazy. All of my friends are older than me. Which I think that asking yourself who you want to become and where you want to be is a good way to kind of look at your friendships and relationships and the people you spend the most time with. Though I love my friends, I don't think I would necessarily ever like end friendships over things like that. But I think that when it comes to who I'm spending time with or what I'm doing, I align it more with my life and where it's at now. I, that was a really long... Brrr, kind of question here's my favorite question Ooh, how who is your favorite sibling (laughs) did you get such an amazing beautiful younger sister named (laughs) sophie is that a real question yes anonymous i can't believe it let me see i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) i was like wow someone really loves you we got a fan no fans yet but maybe one day i don't know how sisters are a blessing truly (laughs) such a blessing okay anyway (laughs) that's funny look at sophia just being a jokester today how do you balance all you do with your relationship? Being married, I feel like it's hard to do everything. So I talked about this in my episode, Finding Balance, where I, when I started going viral on TikTok and started my business and was working my job, I put my relationship with Jake on the back burner. Like I did not give anything to that relationship. And I felt really lucky in the time where I was kind of like very overwhelmed and struggling that he did not blame me for anything or like he understood my why and my dreams and so it wasn't like he resented me but when it comes to that I found a really good solution now so me and Jake have certain habits within our relationship where in the morning when I'm driving from Peach Lab to my second gym to go walk I'll always call him and we'll kind of talk for like maybe like 12 minutes every morning when he's on his way to work and we'll say like oh love you like how like what are you doing today and align I don't I'm not very good at texting, which is kind of funny because my everything's my career is my phone. But I struggled with texting for the longest time, Jake, throughout the day. And we kind of set that expectation that like I'm not good at texting. I'm I'm working. 
I would rather, we would rather be able to communicate all at once. So what we do now is we talk on the phone on his way home from work. So he'll always call me and I always make time no matter what at like 5.09. I'm always by my phone knowing that he's about to call me. He usually calls me from like 5.09 to 5.14. And I know that I'm going to have 30 minutes available to talk to him on his drive home about his day, about things like that, where we get to kind of have that time together. I think allocating specific time and specific things that you do is going to be really helpful. Another thing that we've done more recently is designating one day for either a date night or that we are going to spend time together no matter what. Now, I want to give another perspective because Jake and I don't live together, so I think it's sometimes different for people who are married or who are living with people, um, changing your habits and kind of losing that time you have with your significant other. But for my older sister, so her and her husband live together and she took my Sad to Savage class and she loved it. She was hilarious. I actually loved having her in the class. And so when she started forming these habits, one of her biggest things was that her and her husband usually watched TV um, when he got home from work and like laid on the couch, but she had other things that she wanted to be doing. And I explained to her, like, I get, I get the sadness of wanting to spend that time with him, but he, like, it means nothing to him. And it probably means a lot to him. But what I'm saying is he wants you to be happy. He wants you to be like growing and work on yourself because that the more you love yourself and, and commit to yourself, the better you'll be, the more you'll show up for the people in your life and the people that you love. So while that time, losing that time might seem like, oh, that sucks, it really is going to be relationship changing and beneficial to commit to yourself and, and to have time for you to do things. So in this in this question, could you repeat the question again, please? So I just because I feel like I'm kind of circling. Um, how to balance all you do with your relationship and being married. I feel like it's hard to do everything. Yeah. So uh, to basically summarize my my thoughts for that is to communicate with your partner times that you can allocate to just you two spending time together um, and communicating so that you have that, you know that that is your constant and you don't feel like you are putting them on the back burner or maybe you don't get to spend time with them. And then I also think communicating your goals your why and and what you're doing to them is going to be so helpful. So for example, Jake and I communicate like we both really value working out for our mental and physical health. So Jake knows that every morning I'm going to work out at six and I know he works out every day after work. So those are times that we respect for each other because we know our goals and why we're doing that. And then also like, so for example, if Jake wants to like stay up really late one night and watch a movie, like we don't have to hang out that night. Or maybe he'll make a different choice because he knows like my goals align with that and he respects my goals. Same with like he won't turn off. Well, there was a phase where he would randomly turn off my phone, but then I just had to start putting it in a different spot because I think he was asleep and he thought it was his. But even things like that, like when I want to get up and go to work out, he doesn't ever try to stop me or he isn't ever like, oh, just take a day off. He's aligned with me and my goals because I've communicated it. So I really suggest communicating. And also sometimes they'll want to shift and kind of start doing what you're doing too. So that could be an added benefit. How do you include alcohol in the 60 to 80% healthy eating? Oh, that's a good question. So the way that I go about it is I, I've talked about it a little bit, but I used to struggle with binge drinking, like drinking to the point of throwing up every single time that I drank, um, drinking every Friday and Saturday. And one way that I actually worked through that was by recognizing the situations that kind of pushed me overboard, which for me, my habit of drinking, which I realized was that during uncomfortable situations, pre-games, um, or when I felt awkward, that's when I would basically chug vodka. And then that would give me the result of maybe I thought it'd make me more com- feel more comfortable. Maybe I thought I was doing what I, I needed to do to have fun. 
And so I created this really unhealthy habit of binge drinking. And so to replace that, what I did is not only did I start minimizing the cues, so I wouldn't go out to places that like if I there was ever an uncomfortable situation, I would know I don't need to go and drink in that uncomfortable situation because that is going to result in a bad choice for me. And also, um, I would stop bringing like bottles of vodka so that I couldn't chug the vodka. I'd bring mixed drinks instead. So I replaced that routine with mixed drinks at pregames instead of shots, which has really, really helped me. But for me, what I do is I look at it as drinking is something that when I feel like it and I want to do it, that's something that I want to be able to do, right? It's not going to affect my health goals and for the long run for my life, that's going to be sustainable like letting myself drink if I want to, but also just managing it to the point where I know I'm not binge drinking. I know that I'm not consistently making the choice to drink every single Friday and Saturday. I'm trying to think how to explain this. I say I I know that I'm drinking or maybe I don't know I'm drinking, but I go out on a Friday night. I think we look at health kind of like, oh, I ate healthy Monday through Friday and then Friday and Saturday, like in this situation, Friday and Saturday, I drank and I ate like fast food or like did all these things all weekend. We kind of look like that's the kind of a habit that I had for a while where I thought I couldn't understand why I wasn't making progress in my health goals because I had that as a habit where it's more about consistency across the board where even if I'm drinking on a Friday that doesn't throw out all my health goals like I don't only eat healthy Monday through Friday and then Saturday and Sunday nothing counts I just talked to my sister about this too this kind of phenomenon this theory when it comes to incorporating it into eating 60 to 80 percent healthy it's kind of hard because I don't think too much about it I know that I'm not drinking seven days a week. I don't really drink during the week. I don't really drink wine. Um, But I just look at it like, oh, I'm drinking on Friday and that's no big deal because it's just one of those things that I'm I'm, I'm trying to think how to explain this. This one's actually giving me a run for my money. There are things that I will do, for example, like if it's a Friday and I know I'm going to go out and have sugary drinks or chasers or cocktails, I won't be drinking things like a Snapple or I won't um maybe I won't have like a smoothie or juice or things like that because I know that I'm gonna have a lot of sugar later but for the most part I don't necessarily limit myself I will say that I will always eat before drinking that's something that I didn't do in college I would literally not eat all day if I was drinking which I was drinking all the time and so I know that I'm setting myself up for success by eating having a lot of water that day while drinking and then I know um like the next day I don't justify it like oh I can do whatever I want because I drank I still, sometimes I'll eat whatever I want, but I still have that and I change the perspective of how I look at it. Okay. Someone asked, do you think you'll be pregnant at the same time as your sisters? <gasps> oh my God, you guys. Um, I wish. Sophia's eight months in, so this one I'm thinking we're not going to have a pregnancy <laughs> at the same time. My older sister, Rachel, right now I think is trying with her husband. In a perfect world, I'd be pregnant right now. <laughs> But unfortunately, I have to, unfortunately, I have to be very conscious of my boyfriend and what he wants for his life and work together accordingly. I think that I will wind up in pregnancies with Sophia and Rachel, whether it's Sophia's second and Rachel's second. Um, I wish it were a little different and I wish I was pregnant now, but I, I'm pretty sure our second kids will all align, which would be amazing. That would be a dream come true. It'd be so funny. But yeah, hopefully hope. soon. Hopefully our second kids will be aligned. Yeah. It would be nice to have a little buddy. What are your thoughts on manifesting? Oh, I love – okay, I love talking about manifesting. So I I have actually a different opinion on this. A lot of people will say things like, I manifested this life or I manifested my boyfriend or I manifested this job or this apartment. And I think sometimes it makes things seem really easy. What I learned about visualization – 
is that the more that you think about something, like for example, when I say things like I'm loved, I'm kind, I'm so smart in my affirmations, and then I have an affirmations wall where I look at these words all day, every day, I, my brain starts, is so used to those, those words and so used to me telling myself that, that I start looking for opportunities in my day to be kind, to be smart, to be nice, right? Like I, I look to prove myself right. So when it comes to manifesting, saying like I manifested this life or this apartment, when people say things like that, I, I love it because it is so true. You need to visualize your goals and really think about it because the more that you think about a goal, the more you start to basically set yourself up for success by creating like a path or creating steps that you can take. For example, I always say I visualize before bed and I always teach people to do that because the more you visualize your day tomorrow, the more you've already, like your brain already feels as if it's done it and it's um, familiar with it and you're setting yourself up for success. But when it comes to manifesting, I think it's so important, but I think it's also important to know that just like thinking about something or wanting something over and over, that isn't enough necessarily, but that sets you up for success because it's letting you start seeing it, start living it, have your body respond to it as if you already have it. And you start making choices differently based on that goal. So for example, I could say like I manifested um, my life that I have now, which I really do feel like in aspects I have, but the manifesting is just almost step one. We're like making different choices, working towards that goal. Those are the other steps that come with it. But I think thinking about things, um, going over and over, visualizing things. Those tools are so important for our brain. I highly recommend manifesting and even just sitting and like writing out what you want, who you want to become, your dreams, and then seeing how that impacts your life and your choices and then making different choices based on those manifestations. Sophia is so funny. I totally agree. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> really? Okay. What's something that surprised you about your sad to savage journey? Everything. <laughs> Let me think. How real habits are. Like, I really did just trust the science and say, like, okay, it's saying that I could do all these things. It's saying I could create these as habits. You guys, my habits are so automatic. It goes back to when people ask me, like, how am I so motivated? I'm really not motivated. I have these habits. I have these things that are so second nature. It's insane. There's no way I'm not doing it. So, like, my entire morning routine, my entire waking up early, going to the gym, going on a walk, making breakfast, writing affirmations, um getting ready for the day. That is so automatic. That is who I am because of these habits, this science, this research from all these brilliant people that I just leaned into and was like, okay, I'm just going to trust it. I'm just going to do it. So that would be my biggest, I mean, the science all said it was true, but I'm still shocked. That's probably one of my biggest surprises is how much habits truly do impact and change your life and how the person we want to become is one habit away. Why do I feel like that was from Shrek? That scene where they're doing like um, the potion. It's like, your love is one. There's something like that. (laughs) Shrek used to be one of our car movies growing up. We would just watch over and over and over. I'm a hero. Wait, all of a sudden I'm remembering on the Shrek DVD, Sophia, there was that extra, like, you know, the extras. And it'd be that performance. It was like Puss in Boots. Yes, (laughs) I used to love that. Wait, we need to Google that. I haven't seen that in so long. Yeah, we do. I would watch that. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, it's like a talent show. Shrek 2 talent show. (laughs) Do you have days that you feel sad and down and it feels harder to do your routines and habits? Overall, the answer is no. In terms of like looking at my whole, my say the last year, but I am still very, very human and I still get sad. Like there are still things that make me feel sad there. Like, for example, I dealt with like a lot of bullying online more recently. Today I had something really horrible. Someone emailed me something horrible. So in those situations, like I feel sad. I definitely get affected by it, but I also know that I have control over how I'm feeling. Now, for the most part, when it comes to affecting my habits and routines, my sadness doesn't necessarily affect those. 
my habits and routines are what make me feel happy and give me that consistent. But I think there are definitely things that I still have to do or times that I have to give myself grace to relax. Like two weeks ago, I think I called a mental health day where I had just been so overwhelmed. I was doing so much work and I literally just had to stop and be like, hold on, I'm starting to feel like this isn't very fun for me. Like I'm just upset. I'm stressed. And I had to stop and give myself a day where I could just like sit and lay and reevaluate what makes me feel good. What do I want to do? What direction do I want this career to go for me? And really stop and kind of find a solution. So I I definitely have days where I feel sad or something happens and I, I react to it and I'm sad. But for the most part, I don't let that impact my habits and routines because I talk it out with myself and and I know that those are the things that help me feel happy. Where is the best place to start in terms of exercise routines and how did you start? The best place to start is by creating the habit of working out but with going on a daily walk. And why I suggest this, that's exactly where I started. Why I suggest this is because you're teaching your body almost this routine of every day at at this specific time or after this specific thing, I'm going to go on a walk. And why I love it is because a walk is something that is not going to basically be really, really stressful and really overwhelming. And for the most part, we could do it outside depending on where you live. Like right now I go to an actual gym, but it's something that isn't going to overwhelm us or um, be so physically hard that like we can't get out of bed, right? And so why I love that and why I suggest it is because your brain starts creating the habit of working out. You start gaining confidence. You start feeling like good. You start liking it. You start seeing the benefits of it. You can start going on a walk and listening to an audiobook or a podcast or using it to call a friend, using that time to do something for you. And you get the opportunity to see how beneficial that walk is, not just for your physical body, but for your mental, your like any mental aspect of it all attached. So for anyone starting, I would highly, highly suggest creating the habit of going on a daily walk. Even if it's 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you can always add on to it, but just creating that habit is going to be so beneficial. I walked as my workout habit. I walked for the first couple months and then I slowly started to feel more comfortable doing YouTube workouts, um, doing workout classes, trying free classes. And I also felt more comfortable going in a gym setting, which I did not feel comfortable with for the longest time. That is also how I started my journey, but why I'm in the position where I am now where two years later, I'm able to be consistently working out five days a week at a gym that I love. I also had to try so many different classes until I found Peach Lab, which is strength training. So for example, I went to like a yoga class. I really don't like yo- like hot yoga because I sweat so much. It just gets in my eyes and I feel like I can't see. But I tried those classes, right? I tried running. I didn't like it. Um, I tried Pilates and it... Um, I like Pilates, but I didn't think it was something I wanted to do every single day. Like I, I tried all these different workouts and instead of being mad at myself when I didn't like it, I said, realistically, I don't think I can keep that consistent until I found strength training, which I said, wow, like I love this. This is great for my mental health and my physical health. This is what I can do consistently moving forward. So I think walking and creating that habit that you're comfortable with is the best place to start. And then I think from there, it's going to help you gain confidence, help your body get used to it. Walking is really, really great for your health overall. And then I think from there, your journey will kind of guide you or just trying new things until you find what works for you. The most important thing is having a healthy relationship with fitness. And and I think walking is a great way to start to form that relationship. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your course? Do we get Q&As? OMG, I love this question. So my my class, my Sad to Savage six-week course is a six-week class that we meet on Zoom for an hour and a half. Um, on whatever specific day the class is at. 
Now, in that class, we go through so many different things, but over the six weeks, we learn all about habits, the habit loop, 1% better, habit stacking. We learn about waking up earlier, self-love, all of those habits. We learn how to form a morning and a nighttime routine. We learn about the four quadrants, which we focus in on getting better across the board and our heart set, soul set, health set, and mindset. We go over things like the habit loops behind anxiety. We go over how to communicate within relationships, how to work through toxic situations, friendships, um, romantic partners with family members. We go in depth about optimizing. <laughs> this is all top of mind. We go in depth about optimizing our weekends, how to form healthy habits Monday through Friday, but then how also to create healthy habits on the weekends, like cleaning habits, grocery shopping habits. Um, we go into physical health and nutrition, dive really deep into there. We go into um, drinking habits. And then also in week six, we end the course with going through and creating our next steps and our plan B. So we plan for any big life event, like getting sick, um, moving, losing a loved one, going through a breakup, any big life event that typically, uh, vacations that typically throw us off of our habits, we have a plan set in stone ready for. And then our next step in our goals. Six weeks is a really good amount of time, but in the six weeks of the class, we're learning like very strong foundations and how to form the habits and how to create the routines and the mindset that we want to have behind these things. And so we make that plan for after the six weeks, here's where our goals are. Here's the next step that we're going to do in our habits. Here's how we're going to continue it. And then in that, um, in the event of falling off our habits, that other little sheet, we write out what are our favorite habits? What are things that we need to do to get back on track? Here's examples of how I habit stack. Here's examples of 1% betters. Here's what I love. I also understand that everyone has things come up. Life's not consistent. So what I do is I film each each class. We film it over Zoom. And then if anyone cannot make the class, which a lot of my students are from different countries. So they can't go to the live classes, but they can watch the recording. I upload the recording to our Facebook page after class. So anyone else can watch the recording. We also have homework every week where we share on our Facebook page and we have a group me where we talk actively almost every day throughout like sharing. Here's a picture of this. Here's a picture of this. Here's what I did this weekend. Here's my bed being made. Here's my 1% better. It's really, really great because it's really based on community and everyone growing and learning these habits together. Um, the class is $400 or I have a payment plan of $480. i have seen amazing results. People of all ages take my class. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. I've taught, I'm on sessions 13 and 14 right now. I have some classes that are starting right now. I wonder when this podcast episode will come out and what point we'll be at. But my class is one of my absolute favorite things in the entire world. And yes, there is live Q&A. Like anyone can ask me any questions. People can email me any of their questions. I always say people ask me questions in the group me or during class. Um, I always say if there's ever a question that you might feel uncomfortable about or that you don't want to talk about publicly in front of the class, that's totally fine because I've been in every position where I, there are things that I hid from everyone that I didn't want people to know about. But I give that that option to like, oh, email me if you don't feel comfortable talking about it in front of the class. Whereas other people, people will share anything. It really, really is a great course. I'm really proud of creating it. It's one of my favorite things ever. If you are interested, I have a link in my bio, which is an application to ap apply for the class. I really, really like it because it gives me an opportunity to get to know more about you and the habits and the changes that you're looking to make for your life. I also have a class that's going to start on January 2nd that I'm taking that people can sign up for. So if you're interested, I have a class starting in the new year. Yay. I'm definitely taking a class soon. So. Sophie is taking it on. Right now I have my sessions are about to start on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Sophia is going to be in. We're going to figure out which one of those classes she's going to be in, but she's taking it and I'm so excited. Yes, I can't wait. How did you make your weekends more aligned with your goals and do you have FOMO saying no to things? 
Oh, I love the FOMO question. So I I said this 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 way of looking at it. My sister actually introduced me to this way of thinking. But <laughs> I don't know if Jake's going to hear this or not. But basically, I was telling my sister that it made me really frustrated when Jake um, would say no to doing things. Like, he was really good at saying no. Like, I'd be like, oh, do you want to go? Do you want to hang out and get food? And he'd be like, no. And I'd be like, what? Um. But she said, there, Shelby, there's a yin and yang to everything. So while that quality you don't like when it affects you, that's also something that I really like about him, that he has the power to set boundaries and say no to things that he doesn't want to do. So for example, he has a lot of friends and they'll ask him to do things all the time and he really easily can say no. So while so if you think about yin and yang and that like circle, that flowing circle of like you need the good and the bad to exist, that's exactly it. That's how she explained it to me. And she was like, so you that quality that you sometimes dislike, you actually love. And it's one of the reasons why you love him. And so I took that way of thinking and apply it to everything because it is so true. So on nights when I started to change my habits and instead of going out on the weekends, I'd be working, I would still get FOMO. Like I'd see all my friends at the bar and I'd feel sad. I'd be like, oh, I wish I was doing that. But I would stop and say, okay, like tomorrow morning when I get to go work out and like hang out with my friends at my gym and then work on my career, this career that I'm building and so proud of, like that makes me feel really, really good. And so for me to be able to do those things, feel great, be changing my weekends, it, it costs me going out. It's like a yin and yang to it. So while I still had FOMO, it's like, but the FOMO is so that I can build this dream life. And that way of thinking really, really did help me. In the beginning, how I structured it was for me, I knew that I was consistently making this choice to drink and to go out, which was, which would result in me being extremely hungover, throwing up all day, all weekend. And I realized that was a consistent choice that I was making. And what that choice brought me was just anxiety. Like I'd be anxious about the things that I said, the things I did. My house would be dirty. I'd be going into like a whole work week feeling unprepared. And so I started like basically looking at it like that's a consistent choice that I'm making. What if I remove going out at least one day. And at first I removed it as a whole. I didn't drink for a really long time. I just said like, if I remove those choices, I have so much space for other things that are going to make me feel better that are, I'm not only not giving myself anxiety, I'm setting myself up to not have anxiety throughout the week. I'm setting up time so that I can clean my house so that I can get my work stuff ready so that I could um, commit to health goals and go on a walk or go grocery shopping. I basically just started looking at it like a yin and yang. Like, okay, if I remove these consistents, what are other things that I can add in in that time? So instead of being hungover, I can do all these things. And that was really, really helpful at first. One thing that I suggest is just for one weekend, planning a really great Saturday or a really great Sunday that and say, okay, I'm not going to go out tonight because tomorrow I'm going to go to a workout class or I'm going to go on a walk and then I'm going to get brunch with my friend after. And, and trying it one time, you will see how much you love it or how much how happy it makes you. It could be something completely different too. It could be it could be like you're going to stay in and then the next morning you're going to wake up and make breakfast and clean your house little. And then maybe the entire next week you feel amazing because your house is clean and you see how much that choice actually actually affects your life. Not just that immediate like oh drinking. It's like oh doing that choice instead literally makes my life so much better. It makes me feel better throughout the week. It makes me have more time to spend with my my um, partner during the week. It's all about trying something new. So if you're wanting to start slowly drinking less, I really, really suggest planning out or picking one thing that you're going to do on the weekend and choosing the specific night that you're going to stay in so that you can allow yourself the opportunity to see how you can use that time to actually create your dream life or even do small things that will benefit your life as a whole. What is your biggest motivation? My family. No, my family is easily my biggest motivation. I do, I, I 
I really do want to be a positive influence for my sisters and be a positive role model for them. And that has always been a factor in my life and my choices. And now I'm in this really unique position where there are so many girls who who either maybe they have siblings that they don't feel they could speak to, or maybe like for me, I just didn't want to talk to my siblings about things. I didn't want them to know that I was struggling, but I have all these new people who look at me as a friend, as a sister, who I'm being a role model for. And it is so empowering. And I know that this is a person that I really craved, that I really needed and wanted and looked for. And so me knowing that I'm in this position where I'm able to do that, where I have no, no, like things stopping me, like nothing could be too embarrassing to say nothing. Like I know everything that I went through, I really do believe was for this, this reason where I can then talk to others and say like, I did this and here's how beautiful my life is. Like you can struggle and be so sad and still create this very beautiful life by doing these few things. So I would say my family and then the family that I created online and all of you guys, like when people say that I'm um, like, I feel like a big sister to them. I actually literally cry. I cry all the time because I'm just so happy. So I would say that's a really, really big reason behind my why. Okay, that was – I loved doing Q&A questions, I guess podcasts. That was so much fun. And I appreciate all the questions. I'm going to start doing these more regularly. I think I might do like at least one a month because there are so many questions. And even all the questions that I got, I couldn't even get to probably like more than half. But I'm going to start doing these every month because all the questions are so valid. And, and it's much easier to talk them out and explain things other than like a quick like, oh, do this. It really – a lot of questions do deserve like an in-depth answer. So let me know what you guys think about that idea about doing it once a month. And Sophia, thank you for being here. It's the Friday after Thanksgiving when we're filming this. My sweet little girl had no days off, no holiday days. <laughs> I mean, I guess Thanksgiving, but even yesterday I made them work. I'm like, we're filming TikToks, everybody get in grandma's back room. <laughs> we literally filmed in my grandma's closet. Um, but anyway, I love you guys so much. I'm not sure what the episode will be next week. But I guess it'll be a surprise. I was literally thinking about this the other day. I was talking to my boyfriend about it. And I'm like, I want to live stream or okay, we're not getting married. But I, well, maybe. Well, yeah, but not right now. But I was like, I want to live stream our wedding. Like, I'm like, I have so like everyone, I just feel like you guys are all my friends. I would literally hire someone to live stream this so you guys could all be there. But anyway, Sophia's just put her head down. She's cracking up. But I love you guys so much. So thank you. And thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.